Blog Talk Radio. In a country barreling towards a crucial election while facing a pandemic, a liar in chief, fake news, and murder hornets, this is the last 100 days. Alrighty, and welcome to the last 100 Days podcast, guys. I am your host, Scott Fullerton. In just a couple of seconds, I'll be joined by my Tuesday and Thursday co-host, Mr. Brandon Carmody from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. We are on day 92 left of the countdown to big election 2020. Lots of news this week to talk about. If you missed yesterday's episode, be sure to check out the podcast archives. We had a fantastic out lesbian Episcopalian vicar who is running for the 41st district for the state Senate of Georgia on yesterday. A great conversation with her. You might want to check that out. So we're going to have a good time today. There's lots of news to talk about. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Good afternoon, Scott and America. I bid you adieu, and I am also ready to bow out, by the way. If we're going to say 92 days, my patience for all of this political madness is waning thin. I am absolutely ready to uh, do the Netflix fast-forward binge watch, skip to the next episode. I, I can't do it, Scott. 92 days. Are you freaking kidding me? It's, you know what? We started this at 100 days, and it feels like we've been doing it for 10 weeks now. So I'm kind of worried <laughs> what's going to happen as we go on here because I just want the damn thing over with. So, yeah, I hear you. Concurred. I Concurred. hear you. Let's get it over with. <laughs> there you go. Well, what's, uh, what's on top on your hot button today? We'll start there, and then we'll kind of shift off taking turns here. What do you got? Well, um, just a disclaimer, I work overnight, so headlines come in and I can glance at them. But the biggest story that seemed to go off while I was trying to sleep is that apparently President Trump admits that he is undermining the USPS to make it harder to vote by mail. If I understood correctly, he actually called into Fox Business and had a candid conversation with Maria Bartiromo to where he just – put it out there that his opposition to funding for the USPS um, had a lot to do with it, making it more difficult to get these mail-in ballots. So, okay, the curtain has come down. You know, that whole Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I I think that he just literally put that card down on the table and said, yes, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to suppress the mail-in vote. What's your take on that? And is that how you see this? Yeah, well, it's exactly what happened. I mean, Trump has the unfortunate habit of saying things out loud that he should probably keep private, uh, which is good for us, but uh, not so much for him. But, yeah, he exactly right. He was on the Fox Business News show, talked about how um, he he thinks that it's going to be able to stop the mail-in vote if he doesn't fund the post office. He was talking about how much Democrats are asking for it, and he's just saying that he is not going to spend the money unless he has to. Now, this was Wednesday morning he said this. Today, he said he'd be willing to negotiate if it came across his desk because he got so much grief for it already. So he's already walking it back a little bit. 
But the post office thing is just such a debacle right now that it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Can I, can I get uh, schooled on this really quick? What's your understanding of what's happening with the USPS? I mean, I know I know a couple of people waiting on mail packages that are delayed right now. Is there a delay? Is there something going? What What's the big picture on the USPS that we know? Well, there's lots of things going on right now. The, the Trump donor that got put in as postmaster general has really kind of taken to he's, – he's taken away all overtime. And basically, if there's any mail left on the dock when it's time to – when you've done your eight hours, it stays on the dock till the next day. So packages are being delayed. Veterans' medicines are being delayed. Uh, oh, boy. It's just – kind of been a cluster muck of what's going on. Uh, there was a article in our local paper today from a guy that worked for the post office in Cleveland area that says they are normally um, election ballots are first class mail. Um, they are being put to bulk mail now, which means they can be shredded much more easily. Uh, oh, so that's Jesus. another problem. There's uh, there's just so many things that are happening right now, and the funding is just he's pulled all this funding away, and so the the post office is looking for about I think it's billions of dollars. I mean, we're not talking small change here, but uh, the post office needs this infusion to get through it. And the whole takeaway from Trump's side is that they don't get this money, well, then they're definitely not going to be able to go through the election. How are they going to be able to afford to do this? But there's been talks of they've been taking sorters out of some of the mail rooms um, so that, that sorts the mail, so it slows yes. things down even more. Uh, there's just all these horror stories, and it's becoming so fast and furious, you don't know what exactly is true and what's not anymore. That's the hardest part of the whole thing. So it's just a Politic- big cluster muck right now political kudos to you for invoking the fast and furious um going (laughs) off of um here's a piece that i pulled up so there's obviously there's so many news outlets you guys and gals and non-binary you can choose from so many different news sources so we thank you for listening to our little one hour of commentary here but quoting from usa today Trump originally acknowledged his position would starve the agency of funds that Democrats insist it needs to process and handle the anticipated influx of mail-in ballots for the November election. And then he's quoted as saying they need that money in order to have the post office work so that it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots, Trump said on the Fox Business Network, adding if they don't get the funds, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. So, Scott, we just said at the top of this broadcast that there are 92 days um, for, you know, before the election. So even if they resolve budgetary issues, you get the infrastructure in place, you get people in there working overtime. Tick-tock, Clarice, tick-tock, tick-tock. We're running out of time. We're burning the clock, brother. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's kind of wild, kind of wild. That is for sure, so... What's your kind of um, take on on that whole situation yourself? What's your feelings on it? 
Well, <laughs> you guys, I will remind you every single episode that I was ready to arrest this man from the day he rode down the escalator and launched his campaign <laughs> on a tide on a tide of racism reinvigorate. So I think back to that movie. Do you remember that movie with Samuel L. Jackson and Kiefer Sutherland, where you know something happens with his daughter and then he kills the rapist, and basically like that whole the whole thing of that movie was the Ku Klux Klan makes an appearance. And Kiefer Sutherland's character gets secretly taken to them, and one of the characters says, the Klan's not dead. Anytime we go away for a few years, people think the Klan is dead. So people tend to have forgotten that the racism and these you know, white supremacist organizations have still been there just because they haven't had as much of a public face. So the thing that I hate right. the most about this president and about this era is that he just gaslit country and gave them a chance to come out and take off the hood. That's what I hate the most about all of this, to be frank. Right, right. Hey, just on a side note on that, um, kind of off topic a little bit, uh, they have that one, I don't know if you've been watching, there's this one North Carolina guy that's running for a congressional seat there. It got a lot of gaff for going to. He's, he's getting gaff for a 2017 trip he took to Adolf Hitler's residence in Germany uh, on a trip excursion and things he said. I think it's a little too. I mean, we talk about counterculture and trolling this guy out. I think it's calling him out a little too much for someone going there and saying that the guy was evil at the time. But uh, they're all trying to, to take this one. And he's a, he's a staunch, I mean, I don't like his politics whatsoever. Staunch Republican, staunch uh, religious freedom guy, staunch Trump supporter, may end up being the youngest elected congressman. He's only 24 years old. He has a good chance of winning a seat in North Carolina. But he was getting kind of raked over the coals a little bit for uh, a 2017 tweet when he went to Adolf Hitler's home. It's like, you can't do anything anymore. I got I hate having to stick up for a public, and you know me. But it's like we got to watch some of this counter cancel culture things. But I thought that was interesting. That it just even made the news the last couple of days. And that is just the mirror reflecting the other side of this dark horse, Mister Scott. Listen to this triple headline: New York Times, NPR, and Washington Post. Marjorie Taylor Greene, a QAnon supporter, wins House primary in Georgia. And I believe if I saw on one of the tweets that the president praised her as being one of the next Republican stars. Are you freaking kidding me right now? We now have a QAnon conspiracy theorist supporter who won a House primary. I mean, it, it doesn't get any worse than that because you already have a president who believes in conspiracy theories and uses it as part of his peddling of the Trump stake lies, as I call them, you know, everything he's selling to me, all I see is the Trump stakes, but unfortunately it's our lives that are at stake. See what I did there. I saw what you did there. Yes. And you're right. And the thing is, she's going to be elected. It's a pretty heavily Republican district. So since she won this runoff, um, it was a runoff between her and another candidate. And she won this runoff to be the Republican uh, nominee, and it's a Republican district, so there, even though there's a Democratic challenger, she is probably going to win this and be in Congress. So they're going to uh, have an out and devout QAnon girl in Congress very, very soon. 
You know those barf bags that they give out on planes? Does anyone have a virtual one that they can spot this brother right now? I literally need a virtual <laughs> barf bag. Well, okay, here's the tweet. Congratulations to future Republican star Marjorie Taylor Greene on a big congressional primary win in Georgia against a very tough and smart opponent. Marjorie is strong in everything and never gives up. A real winner. God, I hate his tweets. And I hate the fact that the oh. news will literally they'll, – they'll have a panel. You'll have all these guys talking. And then literally the big, wait, we have to stop everything. Trump is like, no, don't stop everything. Stop giving him the airtime. But there – there you have him on the record yesterday, 529 a.m., praising Marjorie. It's just sickening. Right. The, cons- the conspiracy well, peddling you- has no end. All right. Well, you called me out the other day to ask a little more about QAnon was, and I honestly didn't know. So I did a little research yesterday when I saw that she had won her primary on Tuesday. And basically what QAnon claims is that Trump has been secretly fighting to bring down a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles that has infiltrated all levels of the U.S. government and other elite institutions. This is their belief system, that, the, that Trump is bringing down a cabal of Satan-worshipping pedophiles, which is the bulk of the Democrats in Washington right now. It's like, are you kidding me? Like like that pizza place in New York where that guy actually went in with the AR-15 and shot up the place. I mean, so let's let's talk about the reality of the president's tweets and the danger that it creates for people's lives and businesses to put those things out there actually puts people in harm's way. I think he realizes that. Well, I don't think he cares. (laughs) I think he probably realizes that he doesn't really care. I get it. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's a little too generous. (laughs) Um, I don't think it has any repercussions for him, he feels. So, yeah, so that's that's just kind of a wild thing that we're actually going to have. And I did read a something. I don't even remember where it was. I read something today about QAnon where it's like what they're saying now about QAnon being this big fringe thing after this girl wins. They said the same thing about the Tea Party back in the day. It's like, oh, God, yeah. don't let the, I don't want to go through that again. Can you imagine if they get as big as a Tea Party, this QAnon group will have another no. Freedom Caucus thing? It'd be oh, amazing. No, no, because you oh. know why? Because because I have seen the polling. I have seen the momentum of what's happened. It's been, what, 48 hours now since Kamala Harris was added to the Biden-Harris ticket. And I, and I see the polling is still trending for the Biden-Harris ticket. And not to mention all the congressional seats and, you know, the up-and-down ballot. Please, guys and gals, do not forget about the up-and-down ballot. <laughs> you got right. But um, can we talk about Kamala Harris? Apparently, she has ignited the fundraising surge for the Biden-Harris campaign. I think they took in 24 to 26 million already in like a day. I mean, what do you think? That's an that's incredible take. I think it was the biggest monthly haul he had. I mean, he had I think 20. It was 26 million was the total. Nine million the next day after that. It's been two days. 26 million the first day, 9 million the second day, and I think his biggest take for a month was 23 million. So it was a huge yeah. influx of cash for him. And hopefully it showed the enthusiasm, which is which is even more important. So yeah, so that was great. She really brought a little fire to the ticket, I think. They're texting me 
I just got a text message. Uh, th- this happens all the time, and <laughs> love Joe Biden, but he texts me at the worst times, the most inconvenient times. But here's the text. I'm literally reading off my phone. It says, it's Kamala. Joe and I are up against the most well-funded incumbent in history, so we need your support. Become a Biden-Harris founding donor. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. They're asking me for money in this text. Really? <laughs> $26 million is chump change, I guess. <laughs> they need a little bit more. It's going to come well, down to some big let, bucks, though. Well, what about the reaction too? So I, I think I think that so I have a bunch of tabs open as usual. We can go with these different headlines. But here's my overall take on the whole thing. Everyone on the blue side of the party is very happy with the Kamala Harris pick. They've made history by establishing an African-American woman with some Indian heritage as being on a presidential ticket. So you have the third woman on the ticket in history, but now you have a woman of color. The fundraising is there, the positive reaction. The other side is fumbling all over their message. They can't get their message together. Um, and literally, according from the New York Times, it says GOPers can't find their Kamala. The attacks from Trump allies just don't seem to fit. Is that what you're seeing? Are they fumbling all over their message on calling her a nasty woman and letting Trump go out there with his misogyny again? I think for the most part, yeah, they're having a little trouble with it. I mean, I watched um, some kind of a, a, a Fox 5 or something it's called, one of their shows. They had a little blurb on it on the internet where uh, Judge Janine Pirro or whatever, she has her own show uh, on Fox yes. night, was saying that uh, she doesn't even think that um, Biden's going to make it to be on the ticket by Election Day. Thinks it's good. She thinks it's going to be Kamala, or Kamala, which is kind of funny. Um, but Geraldo Rivera, who's a staunch Republican, said that he is hearing a lot of people are really surprised by her. My thing, and so yeah, I think the Republicans don't really know what to make of her. Some are praising her, some are not. Um, they're try they can't find a message whether to be to make it about her flip flopping. I, I was listening to, as you know, I do whenever I'm in my car listening to the Rush Limbaugh show, so you don't have to, boys and girls of America. But um, I listened to this damn show, and uh, he had on a guest host today that was saying that comparing. Kamala Harris to water that she just does whatever is in the political winds at the moment, which may or may not be true. A lot of politicians do that. But um, I think that they can't decide between that, whether she's a flip-flopper. Um, sometimes they, they can't decide which side of the flip or flop they're going to be on. Some will say she's too tough on crime while she was a attorney general going after all the pot smokers and this and that. And they're saying, no, she wants to defund all the police. So they don't know how to defund. They don't know how to um, work on that. Well, they don't know where to go over the, the nasty woman part where Trump seems to go with all the women. They're having trouble finding a coordinated message. So I will say that. Yes. There's not a coordinated yeah. message right now. The interesting thing is that I'm a little pleased about is there has not been a lot of blowback from the progressive left in this. Good. There's been some people that aren't happy, and I understand that, because neither Biden or Kamala, I would say, are um, to the super progressive left. But I think they have enough influence in there with the Elizabeth Warrens, with the Bernie Sanders, 
that they don't need to be worried. But I mean, last year, or last election, if you remember, it took till months after the convention for the quote-unquote Bernie bros and all that side to really kind of calm down a bit. And there's not been as much resistance to this as I was expecting to see. There's been regular resistance, which I understand. Um, if you don't have, if you don't feel like your progressive side is represented, I can understand a little disappointment in this ticket. But um, I'm very happy with the ticket. So, but I'm very, I'm Good. pleasingly surprised that there has not been a lot of blowback from the progressives as of yet. That's right. That's right. Because the hashtag is vote blue no matter who. I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek there. No, no, it's about uniting the party. Um, and the right. Bernie Sanders camp has some type of behind-the-scenes dialogue going. Don't don't kid yourself, folks. Um, and in those 92 days that we see remaining, don't think that you may not see a Bernie Sanders appearance on the virtual campaign trail. See, that's the confusing part right now. We all know how presidential races are run. They can't hold these big arena rallies, you know, and, and Trump, by the way, I heard on all the news stations today is determined next week to try and sabotage Biden by going out on the road. And he plans to even visit Biden's hometown next week. But before I go down the rabbit trail, I want to mention, I'd forgotten about this. I now remembered the Trump campaign posted in a Newsweek op-ed that basically claimed that Senator Kamala Harris may be ineligible for the vice presidency because both of her parents were not nationalized citizens at birth. I think that I've heard this kind of picked apart by legal bit, but I wanted to know if you heard anything about their – this is their tack right now. She's not eligible to be president. Uh, do you have any response on this? Honestly, I don't. That's the first kind of I'm hearing of this part. So I don't really know anything about that. That's going to be some research for me. But I I have no idea of that. I know that her what her father was Jamaican, her mother was Indian. Um, But if but if either were emigrated here and naturalized citizen before she was born, she would still be a firstborn on U.S. soil, right? She was born here, wasn't she? I don't know where she was born. I'm going to have to look that up while you're talking. But well, I this, is, this would not be the first that. time a baseless, factless claim coming from the Trump. I mean, there, there would be absolutely no shock. This would be my non-shocked face. I'd have to get ready like, oh, my God, no. She's not even eligible to be VP? Like, come on. come on. The, the, They vet the candidates so closely, there's no way that they would have let that slip through. This is baseless. There. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, just a quick Google search says she was born in Oakland. So she's born in the U.S. She's a U.S. citizen. Yes. No matter what her parents And she's are. over 35. I mean, Jesus. They taught me this when I was yeah. 12 years old. They're like, in order to be president of the United <laughs> States, you have to be born in the – like, literally, it's like a civics lesson. But um, I, you get a chance to throw in a story. I don't want to dominate the microphone. What other stories – Kamala Harris is a great story, but there's other things going on in politics. What's on your radar? Well, I mean, we've we touched on a couple of things. We talked a little bit about numbers and the latest numbers since Kamala has been added to the ticket. Fox News has put out a poll. It is tightening, but Biden is still up by seven points. I mean, he was up by eight points last month, and I think he was up by 12 points earlier in the year. So it is tightening. But he's still ahead by seven points. And as far as favorability goes, his favorability advantage is still pretty huge. I think he's favored... 53 to 43 were Trump's, like, I think, uh, 
43 favorable to 55 unfavorable, like flip-flopped on that. So it's like a big 12-point difference. And they uh, polled on um, Kamala, and she is ahead of Vice Pence. Uh, Vice Pence, she's at a 44% uh, favorable, 40% unfavorable, which is still a little too close for my opinion. But Pence, on the other hand, is only 41% favorable and 51% unfavorable. So they're both better than both of those. Um, front, along with the overall in the poll, as far as Trump's job performance, 54%, um, two-thirds are unhappy with the direction the country is going. And of that, four in ten of the people unhappy are Republicans, actually. So the numbers are, are not good still. But, we're still. but they are tightening a bit. So I think that's kind of important. The big news, I think, today is that Congress officially recessed until Labor Day. So that means there's going to be no more talks on the uh, any kind of aid package till September. So Trump's executive orders are going to be very interesting to see what happens with them. Because as we said, they really are not that cover-all effective. You get $300 if, your state government puts in $100, otherwise you get nothing. So you could get $400, but the entire linchpin on that is the state being able to afford $100 per person for it, and the states are broke right now. So there's not an automatic guarantee that your state governor is going to chip in their $100 for you to get the 300 match from the government. So people may not see any money till after September. Again, the mortgage, um, et cetera, or the uh, eviction the moratorium, moratorium, the moratorium right. is only on federal housing, right? So if you are a private, if you are a tenant and a private landlord, you have no oh. guarantees not to be evicted, and so there, so it's not nothing is for sure on that. Um, what was the other? What was the other two things? The only thing that, that was for certain thing was the student loans, just because ninety percent of student loans are done through government, like Pell grants and things like that. So those can be pushed back relatively easy. Uh, what was the fourth leg? I got to look it up and see again what the fourth leg was real quick. But it was another one that was kind of a misnomer on that. Um, so yeah, Congress is gone until September without getting a deal done. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens if any of these executive orders go into play or not, or the mm. American people are just going to be SOL, right? And that'll be interesting to see how that affects the election, I think. Uh, well, so we're kind of talking about buying votes. Uh, I mean, so, but, but the Congress, <laughs> so do they not feel, I mean, I haven't looked at all their races, to be fair. I don't have all of this six in front of me. Mitch McConnell personally, I think is in trouble with that gal that's running against him, but they should be doing more. I understand the president politically put out these executive orders, but they're all questionable. But here's the question, Scott. So I'm a payroll guy. I get paid every two weeks. Under his executive order suspending the payroll tax, doesn't that mean that I should be seeing more take-home pay from September to December? Is that part of his executive order? Uh, I, as an yeah, American, that was should be getting more. Yeah, so I should you. be getting a bump in my pay because they won't be taking out taxes. But then what's going to happen to me on the back end? Is that lowering my tax refund, right? Because there's no taxes being withheld. So it's like you can have your money now, not later, right? 
right? Is that it? Exactly. And that's another where the employer has to opt into it. It's not a guaranteed thing because the way payroll taxes go is 12% of your, of your payroll taxes are done by half of it from your employer and half of it from you where the employer takes out um, half out of their business and they take half out of yours. But the employer has to opt into this for that to happen. There's no guarantee they're going to opt in. So that's another one that's not a guaranteed thing. And as you said, it is a deferral, not a elimination of, which means it could be all due for a balloon payment come January for all the taxes you didn't pay. Now, Trump is saying that he wants to make this permanent, but these payroll taxes, what do they fund? Social Security and Medicare. This is how George W. Bush tried to end Social Security Medicare back in 2004, I believe. Um, He tried to implement um, eliminating payroll taxes, which funded Social Security and Medicare, which would take that away. So that's another third rail on this as well. Would this be a terrible time for me to admit that for a brief period in the early 1990s, Scott, like let's say up until about 1993, when I was watching Rush Limbaugh's TV show every single night, there was, I'm kind of like a Joe Scarborough here is where I'm going with this. There was a brief time where I actually called myself a Republican. I, I realize that's going to be a hell of a shocker for a lot of people that probably didn't know that. But, of course, this was almost 30 years ago. My eyes hadn't been open yet. But um, <laughs> here were my, my beliefs. It was about fiscal conservatism. I've never understood this current Republican era or, or even the you know, last 20 years worth of attacks on Medicare and Social Security because that wasn't the Republican politics that I was sold on that I saw at their core beliefs. So I don't understand where they have veered off from their own platform. I think that they've gone off into – attacking their base. They're willing to let grandma die to get reelected is the way that I'm seeing it. If you attack Medicare and social security, that's entitlement. That's something that they worked for and put their money away for to have in their final years. Am I right? Right. No, exactly true. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because a lot of your older senior voters tend to go towards Republicans but that's the ones that could get hurt the most if you take away the Social Security and all these other – and I hate that they're called entitlements. That's a word that's always bugged me because okay. I, I, the way you described it is perfect. You're entitled to getting your money back because you took that money out of your you, – that money was taken out of your paycheck for this time, right? So you are Blood, entitled to that money. Um, but the way they, they use entitlement is like the government is giving you something. The government is not giving you something. The government is giving you back the money you put into it your entire lifetime when you stop working. So that's just a personal jab right there, I guess. Well, and thank you for giving me the chance to come out on the air as a former Republican. It feels so liberating to finally get that off my chest, to come out in that way. There you thank go. You, Scott. I, I still by the try way, to be independent. I, I'm I'm more <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely fiscally conservative in some things. Um, I don't like a lot of. There's a lot of things that go on in the Democratic Party that piss me off and that I don't agree with. 
Um, but as far as socially, I can't vote for a Republican or else socially they'll take away most of my rights. So I just can't do it. Not going to work for me. Even By the way, those, uh, those, night, those nightly episodes of the Rush Limbaugh TV show that I used to watch every night, like all uh, 92, 93, by the way, he would start out like day 1258 held hostage by the Clinton. I mean, they have this whole infographic. It was like held hostage. Are you? Uh, so I don't know. I got sick of Rush Limbaugh. I got sick of Limbaugh. But but I actually right. found it somewhat entertaining because I was in his camp at the time. But um, okay, so something is breaking across the wire that I was hoping we could pivot to, and it has to do with Michael Cohen. So I'm, my headlines are blowing up right now, Scott. It says that uh, Michael Cohen offers a glimpse of upcoming Trump book by releasing the foreword, and the book title, from what I'm seeing here, folks, it says "Disloyal and Memoir." A true story of the former personal attorney to President Donald J. Trump by Michael Cohen. Basically, he's teasing what he claims is a behind-the-scenes expose of his acts, President Donald Trump's fixer, from stiffing contractors on a business deal to lying about extramarital affairs to the president's attempts to insinuate himself into the world of Vladimir Putin. So what do you think so far? I know that there was definitely an attempt to put Cohen back in jail to repress the book, what do we think about the Cohen situation? Is he just going to be another Bolton, or is this one going to have some traction? Uh, like I said, he is so uh, Teflon in a lot of these things that it's so baked in opinion-wise. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I don't. I think that the Democrats will gobble it up, and the Republicans won't believe it. So it's 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 not going to make. I would love to see what he says, though, because you know it's probably going to be true. Um, but as I said, they're not going to believe it. They're not going to believe the word he says over it. And he has pro he, he's not the most trustworthy guy. I mean, Cohen he has credibility things, issues. Right? Absolutely. So, yeah. He credibility has serious issues. credibility issues. So, uh, this is, this is obviously a money grab more than it is a, let's set the record straight. If he was smart, he would just keep his mouth shut and go about his business. But, this is obviously a money run for him as well, and I understand that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to hurt Trump with Trump's supporters. It might be interesting for some of the – right now we're playing the margins, right? We're playing for all of the independents. And that little chasm, you've always had so many – you can count on Republican votes, so many you can count on Democrat votes. And you're always playing the middle to these independent voters, right? That's what's happening this last couple months to election. So this might peel a couple of those off towards towards the Democrats um, if they read this and kind of go, huh, okay. So it's going to be interesting. But as far as it, it's not going to take away of anything from Trump's base, I think we've gone past the point where anything can take away from his base. <laughs> Uh, you know those deep fake videos? People people have done some crazy shit, man, with these deep fake videos. Um, I think that they should take one uh, from the Jim Jones Jonestown massacre and and deep fake Trump in there because at this point I can literally I see what he's doing every day. 
I'm deliberately slowing down the USPS so that your votes can't get in. I'm going to kill Medicare. I, I mean, just every day he's basically going out there and telling these bastards to their faces, like, I'm going to let you die. And you, madam, you're dead. And you're dead, but you're going to vote for me. And they're basically holding the goddamn Kool-Aid in their hand and drinking it like he is he is such a hero. He is such a – like, I Scott, the Republican loyalty to this man who has mocked disabled reporters, attacked the free – I don't get it. I mean, for God's sakes, has the party literally lost its mind? Like, I'm not a Republican anymore, so I don't understand, but this is madness. This is sheer madness. They're holding on to him, and they will go off the cliff with him, won't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, they will definitely uh... – Follow him to no end right now, and it's it's going to be a very interesting reckoning if things play out as it's looking, and Biden wins, and especially if the Democrats take control of the Senate, it will be amazing to see what happens to this Republican Party. They can get hurt for many, many years from this lousy little four-year presidency. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens if Trump loses and they lose the Senate. Uh, if they keep revenge the Senate, is a dish best served cold. Will you forgive me for saying <laughs> that they have it coming? He had it coming. He had it coming. I mean, come on, they have it coming, Scott. They have it coming. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thank you. Roxy Hart is in the house, ladies and gentlemen. I like it. Very, very cool. <laughs> hey, there was a story I wanted to get to out of Holyoke, Massachusetts, only because I used to live there and because it's a little LGBT-related, and I like to bring that up when I can. But I don't know if you've been following the story or not about the Holyoke mayor, um, Morse. What's his uh Alex name? Morse. I think it's Al- yeah. Have you been following the story at all? No, but I, I have I have the headline. Um, it looks like the LGBTQ Victory Fund um, is sticking with their candidate who is facing some allegations of inappropriate relationship with college students. Is that kind of the takeaway here? Yeah, what's happening? Alex is the mayor of Holyoke, an openly gay mayor. He was elected 12 years ago. I was actually living in Holyoke when he was running and met him and talked to him and interviewed him. Um, back in the day for a different project I was working on way back when. Interesting guy, uh, nice guy, smart guy. He is a uh, University of Amherst professor. And so there's some Democrat groups at UMass and I think another college that have disinvited him to any further uh, functions saying that he is – that he was opportuning himself in dating people on campus. And he is running for a Congress seat in Massachusetts right now. Um, I believe um, one of the, I don't know which district it is, but he was accused of having sex with some students at UMass Amherst. Um, He's a political science lecturer there. Um, He's he's lecturing in other places. Now, Morse was has been saying all along that yes, he has dated people from these schools, but no one that he ever taught, no one that he had anything, any kind of uh, uh, a hold over. I guess you would say. Well, now the there the uh, paper there, the Intercept is claiming that it's obtained chats that have been circulated among a group of college Democrats, 
including one who is angling for a job with Morse's opponent, uh, Representative Richard Neal, that suggests there's been a year-long plot to try to bring down the 31-year-old mayor's congressional campaign. So it's seeming that this might be a coordinated attack now against Morris, which I think would be very interesting because they've been trying to to frame it, his defenders, as almost homophobia in itself. It's like they're they're saying, well, he's been on dating apps, end up meeting students. It's like, you know what? Um, Pete Buttigieg was the mayor of South Bend when he met Chaston on a chat room. And yes. They were three states away. Um, it, what is, there's nothing illegal about it. Exactly. There's nothing illegal about it. That's how gay men meet, right? A lot of people meet on the apps. So the thing yes, you're trying do. to accuse them of <laughs> is not solicitous. Um, it's not solicitous stuff. He had, he may have gone out with some students from UMass. As long as they weren't students of his that he was grading or anything, there's no policy at UMass that you can't date students that you have no direct supervision over. So he was following the letter of the law there. Um, Where are you supposed to date people except for where you work? I mean, I'm sure there's not that many openly gay people in the Holyoke City Council. So uh, (laughs) it's... um, it's an interesting story. It's going to be interesting to see if it plays out if this ends up being a kind of a con job where these guys have, are trying to bring down, um, bring him down based on some homophobia issues. So I just thought that was an interesting story only because I had met him. I did live in Holyoke for a short time when I was uh, in a previous restaurant life, and I opened a restaurant there. So I thought it was an interesting story. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah, um, I don't have a lot on this, but I just want to highlight two things. This is from MassLive.com. Um, I'm quoting now. Alex is taking responsibility for actions that made students uncomfortable. We support the independent investigation by UMass, despite no complaints have been ever made to the university, the LGBTQ Victory Fund said on Monday. Um, they also highlight it is critical that the media and others avoid reinforcing tired homophobic tropes and sensationalizing story because of Alex's sexual orientation. Um, they also noted that he did meet men using the dating apps, but there are no allegations of non-consent or anyone underage. So there is an investigation in play. Um, the Human Rights Campaign also endorsed Moses' opponent, incumbent U.S. Uh, Rep. Richard Neal, so a human rights campaign is actually backing the opponent. So this is an interesting matchup. We'll have to see if they uh, if they manage to dirty him up. And one thing that we should say in this cancel culture, investigations is the right way to go about any type of uh, impropriety. Wouldn't you say, Scott? That's the fair way. Let a proper and thorough investigation. Yeah, exactly. Facts. I mean, so I, I think you do need to play it out. It's interesting, like you said, the thing that they quoted is interesting, that there has been no complaints made by anyone that he has allegedly dated. This is from a Democratic group that don't like that he was dating guys on campus. So there was never a complaint from any of the guys he dated. There was never any kind of uh, sexual harassment, sexual anything like that. So it's an interesting story, but sure, let it play out. I mean, any time that there is, is something to do, and I think that, you should never be afraid of investigation if you're innocent, right? That's the whole thing about Trump. I think he doth protest too much about investigations. If you're being investigated and you have nothing to worry about, 
then it's no big deal, right? Let it happen. It's inconvenient is all. <laughs> An inconvenient Probably. truth. Oh, see what I did. Oh, oh my uh. goodness. Oh, my goodness. All righty, Al Gore. We will move on from there. Uh, Do we have to talk have? Kanye now? Kanye? Jared? Well, we got something on that. I don't, I don't like to talk Kanye if I can get away from it, but he is in the news because I guess Jared uh, Kushner did admit today that he has met with Kanye within the last week or so to give him policy advice. Why, if you were trying to help the president get reelected, you would give policy advice to another candidate does not make too much sense to me. It makes me scratch my head a little bit that there may be ulterior motives involved, like maybe trying to peel off some black votes from your opponent. But I just think it's very interesting that uh, they met. What are your thoughts? Uh, I've got a piece from Forbes pulled up in front of me, and it's God, they've got this the way they they photoshopped the pictures of them together. It's beautiful. Inside Kanye West, almost daily chats with Jared Kushner and whether the White House exploits his mental state. Okay, so right there, that's an interesting byline, Forbes. Thank you for that. Daily chats between Kushner and Kanye West. And uh, he conveniently got uh, support to get him on the ballots in those four states. I mean, they're, they're trying to steal a black vote. That there's just that there's there's no other reason to get Kanye West in here. They don't need a rapper on the tour. They need someone to help bring in their independence, their their potential swing votes that were not crazy about Joe Biden. But um, listen to this. Kushner seems to have an outsized influence over West. Their relationship helped bring West and his wife Kim Kardashian West to the White House for an instantly famous Oval Office meeting where they collaborated on ideas for sentencing reform. So. Kushner is the back door into the White House for Kardashian and West. Um, right. Do you think? Do you think that he is actually going to appear on those ballots? I think he. I think Kanye West will be one of three candidates on the ballots in those four states. I think they met their deadlines. What do you think? Um, I I haven't heard he's done more than one. I know he applied for seven. I know he for sure got on one. So you might know three that he got on that I haven't heard yet. I know he was denied, I think, in Illinois, and I think he was denied in Wisconsin. I think it's still up in the air in Ohio. I'm not sure which of the other ones are, but I know he. What there was seven states in play, and one is a definite he is on already. So it could be up to four by now, and I'm sure that they, oh he, he got a little help. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, who knows? It'll be interesting to see what happens. I just I don't think I don't think that anyone's going to consider him a serious candidate. I think anyone that would vote for Kanye would not probably be putting a serious vote on the ballot to begin with. I, I don't know how to say that without sounding really condescending, but it is really <laughs> condescending that uh, if you're voting for Kanye, you're not a serious voter. That's all there is to it. Uh, that's uh, I'm I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I mean I'm just gonna I just googled it. CNN Kushner claims Kanye West meeting was a policy talk. Really? Uh, Fox News Kushner on private meeting with Kanye West. Unlike others, I'm able to keep friendships across the aisle. Oh my God! I, I, so I'm so disinterested in the fact that they're they've inserted the Kanye West into this election. To me, you know you know what it is, Scott? It's laser pointers. 
the Trump administration knows where they're dirty, knows all the areas where Trump is in trouble, and they're pointing laser pointers, hoping that we're going to be the cats following the lasers where they want us to go instead of where we should be looking. And it's not Kanye West, I assure you. There are many other things, Donald, John, Trump, we should be looking at right now. This Kanye West thing is a distraction and a desperate attempt to peel off votes. I don't think it's going to work, buddy. Exactly. And the saddest thing you said is they were are, is the question mark they put out there, are they exploiting his mental health? I mean, you have his own wife going on her national Twitter platform saying that he is not doing well with his bipolar. I mean, what kind of havoc are they willing to play in other people's relationships and stuff to get their end goals that's the saddest part of the whole thing so who knows very very do we have enough time to talk talk trump's opponent to talk biden um so biden has had a great news cycle these last 48 hours with the kamala harris announcement but the things that you and i have been talking about since so many days ago, since we started at 100 days, <laughs> we're now at 92 days. Some of the things that you and I have brought up periodically is, will there be a gaffe? Will there be some time that he's not on teleprompter where something will happen? You know, one of these 1980 moments, you know, like Reagan talking about Iran. There is still 92 days for even this great, you know, high cloud going on with the Kamala Harris announcement for something Biden to go the wrong way. How are you feeling about Biden today? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I think the in, the most interesting thing is going to be, and I do like that he put a national policy on masks today. He's getting, I mean, the president immediately gave him grief for it. But Biden put out a policy today that he would make a national mask mandate. At least he's making a national policy of some kind on COVID. Might not be one you like, but at least it's a national policy, so we're doing something together. But I honestly think the biggest thing that I'm looking for, Brandon, is that Republicans have hyped so much about his quote-unquote cognitive deficiencies and that Trump Mm. is going to wipe the floor with them at debates and blah, 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 blah. If Biden wins that first debate, Trump's finished. I mean, they put so much stock that he is going to be a horrible debater that Trump's going to Watch the floor with him. The entire everyone in America is going to see the rapid decline of Joe Biden at these debates. If he ends up doing a good debate, I think it's game set match. I don't think Trump has a chance. So I, that's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm really looking forward to this first debate. I don't think that he can make a big forced error until then, and that will be his first chance to either possibly make an error on the debate stage. That's possible. Or he can do very well and really take away a talking point. So that's kind of my take. What's yours? Will you I, – I love the scenario that you just laid out, by the way. I would love to see Biden mop the floor with him, and I would equally love to see Kamala Harris mop the floor with Mike Pence. But will you commit here on the air, Mr. Scott, on the last 100 days that if any of these debates happen on our show night – that we will somehow follow it or we will dip in if it overlaps with our live show. Will we do something if debate night happens on our show night, buddy? Definitely. Yeah, we can definitely uh, do play by play on it. I think that'd be kind of fun. A little play by play live action on it. Cause there's not going to be any audiences there. I don't think so. We might as well be the audience. Oh. Then, right. Oh my God! I keep forgetting that. I keep forgetting that. And I and I God don't hate me for saying unprecedented, but that will be 
unprecedented right. because even though even though Chris Wallace and all those people spend two minutes saying there will be question and answer, we will go over the protocols, you will be completely silent except for right now when we welcome the candidates and they give them one chance to clap and then they basically tell them to STFU. Right. Keep your pie hole shut for the rest of the. But you know they do. So you're right. You're right. This I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to nobody at the debate. So you actually don't get those spontaneous applauses from the supporters of either side of the candidates. I thought they were a little distracting. But yeah, if, if as long as they do a debate at eight o'clock, we're good. If they're at nine o'clock, we're off the air. But. Uh, I don't. I haven't even. Well, we can we can we can do pre-debate and uh, let us not forget. I don't know if SNL is in season right now, but I believe that Maya Rudolph has already confirmed that she is ready to come out as Kamala Harris. We need to get some Alec Baldwin out there. Do you remember when they did uh, him lurking behind the Hillary and that creepy Halloween-like music? We need Alec Baldwin to come out here and eviscerate Trump during this process. We need we needed them to come out there and just kick his ass. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be very fun. I think it's going to be a season. That's for damn sure. Um, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, my Rudolph is fantastic at it, so it's going to be great. And I think she's excited. I mean, that's one of the first things that they said is she now has a job for the rest of 2020 that people may be out of work, but not her. Okay, so time. I'm trying to find the time to debate, but we'll see what happens. Just yes, at 8 o'clock we're good, but we'll do a pre-show no matter what. I, I will definitely Great. guarantee a pre-show, and if we can live debate it, we can, but we we will. But, One uh, other thing I want to throw out there, I don't have, I don't know exactly. I, I grabbed a screenshot of it. I try to prepare so much for these. Um, someone who is a U.S. postal worker was trying to pass on an anonymous tip to the American people that – they do not want you to mail your ballots. Please drop it off at one of the drop sites. So I just want to throw it out there in the air that there is at least one USPS whistleblower out there right now that the media is starting to pick up on who is basically saying, don't mail this stuff. We can't tell you what's going to happen to your mail ballot, but it's not good. So please pin that, pin that tweet somewhere that there is at least one yeah. whistleblower saying not to mail it. I think that goes along with what I said about the bulk mailing and that they could just shred those bulk mailings if they want, where a first class has to be metered and a bulk mailing does not. So, yeah, I think that's a hundred percent accurate. I would be very, I would be very, I mean, even in Ohio, the Ohio attorney general was noted yesterday. Um, I don't know. It was the attorney general, secretary of state, the guy does the elections here is only going to let be one place to put ballots per county. So if you want to bring your ballot in person and not mail it, there's only going to be one drop-off place at your, your whatever your county elections office is. Because before they've had it a couple of different places you can drop it off at. But in Ohio yeah. now, if you want to d- drop off your um, vote in person – Ahead of time, you can only do it at the county election office, which is going to be a little interesting. Well, next week when we get together and do a show on Tuesday, we're going to be right into the middle of this Trump bus tour where he's trying to uh, get out on the road. I can predict right now you're going to see 
you're almost no masks. You're going to see no social distancing. You're going to literally, if they could do a freaking infrared or FLIR camera, you could literally just see the virus being inhaled on live CNN, man. <laughs> but uh, we're going to need to dump into the Trump road tour next week, buddy. There you go. I'm looking forward to it. It was a great debate today. Thanks very much for uh, being my stalwart co-host today. It was a good show, my friend. Thank you. Nanu, nanu. All right, we will be back. Uh, I'll be back with Michael Vega tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific time. We're going to play out with a little bit of a medley from my favorite acapella group, T3. Listen to the last 100 days, question mark. Let's hope not, guys. Thanks for listening. Be sure to catch the podcast and tell your friends. You can find us on social media at Last 100 Days Pod. That's Last, the number 100 Days Pod on Instagram and Twitter. See you later, everyone. Bye-bye. My this one's for you.